Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be taking a look at the tactical setups available to traders and investors in markets at the moment. And to do that, we're going to be kindly joined by Mark Kimsey, who is the head of equities at Frederick and Oliver. Mark, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jonathan. Happy New Year to you. And Happy New Year to you too, Mark. So, as I mentioned at the beginning, Frederick and Oliver uh, work on tactical strategies, looking at shorter term to medium term plays in equity markets. And that's something that we're going to be focusing on today. We're going to be looking at certain sectors. We're going to be looking at different markets. We're also going to be looking at you know, some mistakes uh, that you see your clients uh, playing out in, in markets and, and how they can be avoided. But to start with, we're going to, we're going to take a, a top-down approach to the start to this podcast, Mark. And you know, as we move throughout the, uh, the podcast, we can start then looking at more specific plays within the equity space. So, Mark, if I may, let's start with you know, the key themes that you see in markets this year. Sure. Well, I think the, the the main theme that won't be lost on anybody right now is the reopening of uh, of, of China from a COVID restrictions uh, standpoint. Um, the country's been subject to incredibly strict lockdown measures for pretty much a full three years since COVID surfaced. Um, and, and being a, a significant driver of global growth, this has uh, hampered not just the local economy, but global markets as well. Fast forward to today, and I think China have finally conceded that they can't be so harsh with these lockdown measures. Um, it seems now that they've dropped them in their entirety, which is great news and the main driver for the FTSE knocking on the door of 7,800 this morning, which is significant as the record high is 7,903. We're talking about 100, 150 points to go. And uh, we could be at a record high on the FTSE, but that's driven by the commodity stocks, um, the oil majors, BP and Shell, and um, uh, the, the, the mining companies such as Rio Tinto and and Glencore. Um, these are heavily weighted um, stocks on the index. If they have a good or bad day, it tends to um, really drive the overall market. So uh, th- that's certainly the major theme so far. And when we're looking at FTSE 100 companies in particular, Mark, I mean, what for, for you are the key setups that you're that you're looking for of course we've got the the cost of living crisis that's ongoing we've got uh, interest rates uh, that are still set to rise albeit at a at a slower pace but when you're sort of looking at the the, the stocks within that market you know what are the sort of key strategies that you're looking at going forwards well firstly I, I, I like to remind myself of 
some of the very basics and um, it, it, it sometimes uh, you know draws an, a roll of the eyes from people because uh, you know it, it always sounds so obvious but we must always remember that old adage of buy low sell high and, and it really is you know the the very first thing that you you, you learn when going about trading financial markets but it, it's often overlooked because to buy low you have to buy when things are pretty ugly and that goes against intuition if the markets are collapsing around us and the headlines are miserable and one says do you want to put all of your money into the market the knee-jerk reaction is no i'll wait until things are better and and, and that makes perfect sense likewise when the markets are high and everything's buoyant and the world's in a great place if you ask somebody if they wanted to sell um you get met with a similar response well why would i so of the stocks that I just mentioned, um, whilst China reopening is great news and whilst we are seeing markets gain and the commodity-related stocks advance on this news, I, I'm, I'm instinctively, and, and you know, could be erroneously, you know, well, I, I don't have a crystal ball, I'm starting to get a bit concerned about these sectors now. If somebody said to me at £5, should I be buying BP? I heard they're doing really well right now well i i get it um the oil price is reasonably high it'll probably be be there for a while because of russia ukraine and a restriction of supply but let's not forget um bp is not that long ago traded as low as one pound 80. so at five pounds you're you're not buying low in inverted commas um and the same can be said for shell uh, Glencore is trading very close to a record high. Rio Tinto and Antofagasta are within sort of 5% of their record levels, uh, maybe a touch over that. So these are not opportunities to buy low. In fact, BP and Shell rallied about 50% last year. If you go uh, stateside, I think the biggest winner there was Occidental. Um, they, they advanced about 120% last year. And so Whilst these stocks will be grabbing the headlines and maybe lure investors in, I, I fear that perhaps that ship has sailed. It's not to say that there isn't some more to come, um, but you're really paying top dollar. So I, I believe that there are potential pitfalls for investors. Likewise, with the broader index at nearly a record high, I don't know if I'd be going and shoveling all of my cash into FTSE constituents right now because. We just need a little storm in a teacup and they come along so frequently and we could see this FTSE retrace. And let's not forget, just back in December, the FTSE traded as low as about 7,200. So we're talking about 600 points lower. And in October, it traded as low as 6,700, more than 1,000 points lower. So if we have a revisit of any of these levels, what kind of a decline could we apportion to stocks during that decline take a thousand points off the FTSE what do we do take 10 15 20 percent on average from some of the stocks so that, that's going to be a nasty trap to walk into so certainly the FTSE being high the main uh, stocks grabbing the headlines being high I instinctively feel that I want to move away from them rather than towards them. So that hopefully summarises the beware of an ambush uh, concern that I have. Thank you. So we're going to we're going to touch on some of the sectors that you like, but before we we do that, Mark, just just a very quick question here on the setup of the market at the moment, and you know, so where we are, of course, we're trading towards the, the, those record highs, but we're we're looking at 
forecasts for the first half of this year on the economic basis, which are pretty soggy. Um, you know, they're predicting a, re- a recession here in, in the UK. You know, likelihood is we're, we're in a technical one at the moment. We have to wait for the data to, for that to be confirmed. But there, there is a lot of optimism about the second half of this year. You know, last year, it seems that, that we priced in the recession that we're going to see in the first half. And as we've moved, you know, probably through the, uh, the end of December and uh, the beginning of this year, it looks as though it's not only here in the UK, but only but over in the US as well, that people are starting to look past any potential recession or downturn in the economy in the first half and look towards the second half of this year, which is predicted to be a lot better. Do, do you feel that there could be volatility when these figures start to come out? If, if we have a confirmed technical recession here in the UK, maybe in the US, but if we start to see the economic picture deteriorate, on a global basis, you know, in, in Q1 or Q2, do you think that causes volatility in markets? Or, or do you think that, you know, people are going to say, oh, this was expected, but things are going to pick up and that might dampen any downside in markets? I, th- I think if you're you're in the markets for the long term, you'll always look past what could be incoming over, you know, three, six, nine months. Maybe you'll even discount a year if, you're, if your uh, intention is to hold for five to 10 years. But we know that the that the volatility is inevitable. There, there's simply too much going on all around the world. Major themes, um, you know, that the Chinese economy is a major theme. The U.S. potentially going into recession is a major theme, along with Europe, a major theme. COVID, uh, you know, whilst uh, it seems it, it, it's gone onto the back burner, <laughs> a new variant or, or, or potential concern is always around the corner, major theme, cost of living crisis, interest rates. There's just too much that could improve or deteriorate, and then the market's going to turn on a sixpence in either direction. So I'm not doom and gloom. I think there's going to be p- plenty of opportunity, but plenty of pitfalls. And it's the pitfalls that I'm concerned at at the moment because of the way that we are trading um, at, at such high levels. Um, you know, you know those weeks where you're just like, "Crikey, that, that you know that was a stinker. We've we've lost 500 points this week, or we've gained 500 points this week." You know, those those events will come along frequently this year, and that's why I think that if there's investors with cash on the sidelines, it's probably um, it's probably a half decent idea to keep it there and look to put money into the market on the next dip. Because if you're the wrong side of one of these peaks and troughs, it, it can really be quite quite punishing. You can you can then remain a spectator for an extended period of time. And I'll, I'll give you an example from a stock uh, perspective. And, and it's probably unfair of me to use Tesla as an example because that is super volatile. But at the beginning of December, the shares were trading at $200. Come the beginning of January, they were trading at $100. One week later, they were trading at $120. So in about a five-week period, two investors could have conducted some research into Tesla, made the decision that it was a good buy, but perhaps bought maybe three or four weeks apart. Investor A is miserable because he's lost half of his money. Investor B is very chipper because he's up 20% in a week. And, And that's what I mean by the timing, by looking at whether we're near the top or the bottom, 
trying to remember the ABCs of trading, buying low and selling high. And it's very difficult to find much out there where there's the opportunity to buy low, especially in the themes that look good. What look good what looks good out there at the moment is going to come at a premium. So volatility is going to be rife and it's going to be very important to get on the right side of the peaks and troughs. So we're going to move on now and look at sectors you like. But just a note to listeners, if you check out the notes to the podcast, Frederick and Oliver put out their top 10 picks for 2023, 10 individual shares. And that's a report that's available to be downloaded in the notes to this podcast. We'll also be sending it out to UK Investor Magazine email subscribers over the weekend. We're not going to talk about specific names. They're, they're, of course, in the report. But, Mark, we're going to look at three sectors that you like the look of. And we're going to start off with the travel sector. Yeah, well, you know, I, I sound like a broken record, but coming back to this buy low, sell high, you know, what can we buy that is relatively low? Um, you know, what, what has been forgotten? What has been heavily punished? And, uh, the, the, you know, it goes without saying, the travel sector has been one of the greatest victims of the last few years because of COVID and, and, and border controls. Um, EasyJet, I think, at last look, uh, still had a three in front of it. Um, this is a stock that was trading at £16 pre-pandemic. We've probably got to forget a return to, to that level of former glory. But um, I don't think there's a single COVID restriction in place in the entire world now in, in terms of uh, borders and, uh, and, and lockdowns and uh, you know the necessity to show COVID passports and all the rest of it. So it seems like the world is now fully open, especially with uh, COVID uh, restrictions being dropped now in China. So um, with these stocks trading very low, I'm sure there's pent up demand um, to, to get out there and uh, you know see see parts of the world and uh, you know get some vitamin D. Um, and actually, you know, on a personal level, I know of uh, you know friends and family that you know seemingly have gone away you know three or four times in the last year. So they're, they're really sort of taking advantage of being able to do what they haven't been able to for a long time. So um, you know the travel sector, I think, is interesting. It seems like the that the barriers to that sector have been lifted. And if you look at EasyJet and IAG and some of their peers, um, they're a long way from where they once were. And, uh, you know, the question is, is now the time? Is this an opportunity to buy low? So I think travel should uh, should be investigated by investors for sure. Um, we're also keen to see if there's a bounce back in US technology stocks. Um, tech got trashed last year, um, a combination of having a, a brilliant 2021. A lot of the tech stocks soared whilst we were all stuck at home and uh, using tech to shop and uh, entertain ourselves and communicate. Uh, so a good run in 2021 was then um, offset by some miserable performance in 2022, mainly because of uh, rampant inflation and subsequent interest rate hikes, which technology stocks tend not to like. And so some of the big behemoths like Amazon, for example, shares were down 50% last year. Netflix at their worst in 2022 were down 75% this year. And these are some of the biggest companies, not just in the US, but in the world, um, you know, trillion dollar companies um, being discounted by 50, 60, 70% or more. So if we are going to get some cooling of inflation, and we'll find out more with uh, today's CPI, um, then perhaps Fed 
and the uh, other central banks might start to ease on the rate hikes, hopefully plateau at first, and then maybe even begin to reduce them at the end of this year or the beginning of next. But has the worst been seen for these sectors? And let's not forget, if a stock has halved in value, to get back to where it once was then requires a 100% increase. So if you can be picking these things up at these buy low, in inverted commas, buy low levels, then even if the stock appreciated this year 10, 20, 30%, it's nowhere near where it once was. But you've got a handful of lows in the portfolio, and uh, I think investors will be quite happy with that. So we think U.S. tech is worth uh, investigating. And then finally, um, you know, again, looking at the unloved and that opportunity to buy low, U.K. house builders, I think, are uh, an interesting play. Um, and before everybody sort of shouts at their uh, shouts at their iPhones or, or whatever it is they're listening on, um, you must be bonkers. Um these stocks are trading as low as they are, yes, because of the rampant inflation, rising interest rates, cost of living crisis. Of course, the audience and the potential buyers of houses is going to be smaller than what it was last year. Um, but that's why the prices are where they are. Um, let's take Taylor Wimpy, for example. It's not much more than a pound a share at the moment. Pre-pandemic, it was £2.40. And at the beginning of last year, it was pound eighty. So yes, all of the concerns that we have about the UK property market um, are very valid, but the market has moved quickly to discount these stocks well in advance of the fact, and that's why they're trading at a pound. So if you look forward, the Bank of England has actually forecast that inflation will be at 5% come the end of this year. Well, that's a big drop on the current 11% that we're experiencing in the UK. So if we're going to get a halving or more of inflation, then will the Bank of England let up on interest rates and maybe even start to reduce them, in which case is now the time to buy if it's about as bad as it's going to get for these stocks. So, you know, travel, US tech, house builders, we're trying to find the next set of stocks that are at the bottom of their cycle, a bit like BP being £182 a year or so ago. And, you know, so we're in a position in a year's time to be saying, yes, now we've ridden these unloved sectors back up to higher levels again. That's fantastic. And I think the market, to some extent, agrees with you, Mark. If you're looking at Persimmon this morning, the pretty poor figures out from them but you know a lot of the bad news has been priced in as, as you pointed out and you know they're off about six percent you know if you, if you take a look through the update it doesn't make very pretty reading at all but but again you know this is something that's been priced in and people are looking now past that uh and a sector that's been very heavily beaten up so it'll be interesting to see how those three sectors perform through 2023 so Mark, we're now we're going to move on to, I think, a quite interesting topic. It's it's basically mistakes that that you see people, your you, and, and your clients, and you know people that you speak to making in in markets. You know, given that you've uh, provided an overview of you know what you like and you know how to to set up in in the current environment. Of course, you know that it's all well and good, and you know that there could be a playbook. To, to, to look at these situations, but it, there are still mistakes that, that people make and, and you see. So we're going to run through a few of those. So, yeah, I mean, what, what's, the, what's the first one that you would highlight there, Mark? 
Um, probably being late to the party is a common theme. Um, and you, you, we've sort of touched on this a couple of times throughout our discussion so far. Um, when when stocks are trading at very low levels, it's usually because they're in a, a bit of a dire situation. The markets are, are low and the, and the news is pretty miserable. So, um, hello, Mr. Client, would you like to buy us some stock? And the knee-jerk answer is, no, thank you. Call me when uh, when things are looking better. And I get that. Um, but when things are looking better, the price is higher and then you're you're no longer in a position to take advantage of that discounted price that once existed. Um, so I think trying to get ahead of themes, um, there's a way to obviously do that and, and manage your risk um, on the basis that I've mentioned things like travel, US tech and UK house builders as sectors that are unloved and trading low versus historical levels. And, and of course... I don't know if there's further to fall. Uh, nobody has a crystal ball. Um, but my my sort of next tip would be to not make the mistake of going in with um, a, a full deal size. And and I think you could, you know, you should break deal sizes up and, and, and edge into stocks in installments. So, you know, for the sake of round numbers, if somebody usually buys 10 grand's worth of stock, um, well, it, if, if you buy at 10 grand and then the market drops, then, you know, you're you're off to a losing start. It goes without saying. Um, but if you were to break that deal up into, let's say, four parts, um, you get just two and a half grand's worth of stock at the current price, you know, tentatively work your way into this position. If it goes up, you've got skin in the game. Great. You can add with that confidence as it goes higher. But if it comes down, you can wait and watch and see to what degree the market's going to fall and, uh, you know, at a later date, add perhaps another two and a half grand and then see how it goes. If it falls further, you can do the same again. But to drip feed into a position so you, you've not got your full liability on the line at one price from the get go. So I, I think try to try to not wait for too much confirmation in terms of a, a, an appreciating share price. I know that makes people feel more assured that they're doing the right thing. But if you let too much pass you by, perhaps the, the, the opportunity is dwindling. And of course, if you are going to make a move on the unloved on the basis, we're not sure where the bottoms are, um, feel free to creep into positions rather than go in sort of wholesale and, and, and take that, that greater risk. Fantastic. Thank you, Mark. I mean, that, that pound cost averaging you've just outlined there, you know, for, especially for longer term investors, you know, you, you, you can play the ups and downs in markets and it really does remove the emotions. So that's, you know, that's that's definitely something that I've seen from my experience uh, in investment management in the past. Um, you know, as soon as you stop doing that, it really does help improve not only your uh, your positioning in the market, but also the emotions uh, around taking positions. So, Mark, we're going to finish off now with what's, I believe, uh, a term coined by Frederick and Oliver, and it's Mars bars stocks. So this is something that, that you look at within the company. So first of all, what are uh, the Mars bar stocks? You know, what, what makes a company Mars bar stocks and, and uh, you know, which companies uh fall into the category at the moment <laughs> yeah well yeah, it, yeah. It's, it, it's a bit of fun internally here yeah. jonathan and i'm, I'm sure yeah. i'm probably not the the first to uh to come up with the phrase but um 
you know, with there being so much going on and the FTSE trading at really high levels and the commodity stocks doing well and then the you know, US tech stocks not doing quite so well, there, there, there's a there's a lot of um, there's a lot of deviation in the performers and underperformers uh, across all the markets. So it is really a stock pickers market right now. We're, we're not at those sort of COVID lows, lows of March 20, where you could just buy anything and it would go up. You're really going to have to be quite selective. And something that we like to remind investors of, especially in the UK market, I mean, you know, stateside shares trade for thousands and thousands of dollars in some instances. But here in the little old blighty, um, you know, we, we, we have stocks trading at pennies. It's almost pathetic by comparison. Um, but uh, yeah, Mars bar stocks, um, stocks that you can buy for the price of a Mars bar. So, um, uh, you know, the, the stocks that sort of fit this bill would be, uh, I mentioned house builders, but Taylor Wimpy at about a pound, Rolls-Royce at about a pound. Uh, we've got BT a, a bit higher, maybe one pound 20 IAG creeping a bit north of that, maybe one and a half miles bars at one pound 50. But Vodafone trading near a 20 year low at 88p. ITV 76p. Lloyd's 48. I mean, these are... These are amongst the, the the biggest that the UK's got to offer. Um, they're well-established firms and arguably not going anywhere and a long way from former glory. And I think if people want to you know, try and target something that is low in value, where you can pick up a, a good number of shares, um, you know, maybe look no further than, than, than some of these. Indeed, indeed. Of course, you know, as you mentioned there, a lot of those companies... We're trading at much higher valuations in the past, and you know, still remain household names, but but have suffered somewhat in uh, in in recent years. Um, of course, you know, looking at the the price of the shares didn't really have much uh, influence or or, or uh, um, result of what's happening at the at the business. But it's you know that those ones there do fall into a nice categories of of companies that are trading cheaply compared to historical averages. So, Mark. Thank you very much for being on the podcast and we hope to have you back again in the very near future. Anytime, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. So just as a final note to people listening, we, we mentioned there Frederick and Oliver's top 10 picks for 2023. There is a link in the notes to this podcast. We'll be able to download that report and look at individual stock names. But also, if you are a UK Investor Magazine email subscriber, you'll be sent that out over to you. Uh, at the weekend. So thank you very much to everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk. 